0: Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com Today I want to just you know, I want to review really quickly before we jump too deep into this, some of the big ideas we've covered so far. We started at the beginning of this whole series talking about our vision, our dream as a church, and so let's put that on screen. It's right here, and we're just going to, I'm going to have you repeat this. Say, everybody say, our dream is to bring life to our city. Our dream is to bring life to our city. By being the church. By being the church. The best way we know how. The best way we know how. That was good. We want to bring the life of Jesus to our city. That's what we want to do. We believe that Jesus wants us to bring life, the kind of life that he describes as life to the full. He wants us to bring it to those in our city who are lost, who are confused, who are weary, who are tired, who are hurting, that we would bring that life through this community to the city. And God wants us not only to bring it to people who are lost, but he wants us to bring it to people who don't even know they need God, right? The people that need a spiritual awakening. And that's what we want to see happen. And that's what our vision is. And so we, don't really want to, we not only want to bring life to our city, but we want to be the church the best way we know how. Meaning we want to give God our very best. We want to give God our very best. We're not trying to be the best That's silly. We're not trying to compete with other churches. That's not what we do. We want to unite as the church, but we want to be the best for the Lord. We want to give him our best and do the best way we can do it the best way we can with meaning all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul and strength. So that's where we started this series, right? With our vision. And then we have been putting a stake in the ground each week with these values, these things that we say, if someone was to say, Hey, what's OKC community all about? Well, this is what we're about. This is what we value. And we've been saying six things. This is our DNA. So why don't you guys just tell me what's number one? What's the first thing? What are we all about? That's right. Every life matters to God and matters to us. And number two, we're about love. love never fails. Right. And number three, we're about we are so tired of mediocre versions of faith, we want to be passionate. And number four, we're about faith. we are high faith, God can do anything people. Yeah. And number five, we're about Spiritual family. we are better together. And today we are talking about Doing things that matter. yes, we live, love, lead and dream about the things that matter most in life. And so here's the thing. We're on this last value of doing things that matter. And if you've been in our church for any length of time, you know a little bit about this phrase. Uh, you know a little bit about what this is all about. and. Uh, I, you know, I was, I was thinking about this and, you know, when our team was kind of finalizing our values, we decided this had to be one of them because this has been part of our church DNA, if you will, and our language really since we began back in 2013. And so if you've been around here for years, you know the origin story of doing things that matter. But I do know that we have a lot of newer people here. So I thought I would share a little bit of where this all began because I believe that the origin stories are important, it's important to know, and it's helpful to know where important things began. And so this, this story, maybe 11 years ago, began um, sort of with, in, in the simplest of ways, uh, my, I would take my girls to school. At the time, Emily was in third grade, Karis was in first grade, and we would drive to school. And one day, for some reason, when they're getting out of the car, I say, hey, today, do something that matters. And they get out of the car, and I think, man, that's a pretty good idea, God, thank you for that one. <laughs> And and then so the next day I said it again. Do some do something that matters. Do things that matter. And then the next day I said it again. And then I thought, Man, I wonder if they even know what that means. So I sat down and have a conversation with them that night. I said, Hey, do you know what it means when I say do things that matter? And they go, Nope, not really. <laughs> Which is like every pastor's worst, night, worst nightmare on a Sunday. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And they're like, Nope, not really. What's for lunch? You know, I mean, that's kind of what I'm always afraid of on Sundays. Um, But I explained to them, right, that for a six-year-old and an eight-year-old to do things that matter, it meant that they were going to go to school and they were going to figure out how to shine God's light and things like, hey, share what you have with others. Um, Find a kid who doesn't have friends and befriend them. Uh, You know, be kind to people, of course. You You know, forgive others, even the people that are mean to you. Be kind to them. I told them that these are the kinds of things that Jesus wants us to do. He did it himself, and they say, okay, yeah, 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 we can do that. And so every day, you know, they, we get to school, they get out, and we got to this point where I would say, okay, do things that, and then they would say matters. So we'll just do that together. I would say, do things that, and they would say, matters. exactly, and they would do that every day, and, and, I, and then we'd, they would head into school, and I would imagine, oh, man, what if they did something today that mattered? What if they really made a difference? And then I'd drive off and head to my everyday life, and then one day it hit me, hold on, What am I gonna do today that matters? How am I going to make a difference today? And so this tradition started in our family and this mantra, maybe 10, 11 years ago, and it's still happening today. Christy and I still say this to our kids to this day, it's grown into other traditions. And over the years, we've had conversations with our kids at, t- at the dinner table, like, hey, did you do any things that matter today? And we've heard all sorts of crazy things about how God is working this out. You know, I've heard stories from, I shared a cheese stick today to, you know, to, I shared my faith today. And, and it's kind of cool to see everything in between because little by little, week by week, we started to live a value, you know what I'm saying? So doing things that matter eventually grew into a book, eventually grew into a church, and then eventually became not a thing about what we were doing. It was about a thing that was owned by a group of people, and it became something that was more representative of a way of life that we could follow Jesus um, in a way that has not only high faith, but has a high capacity to go and do the hard things that he's called us to do that we would actually be people that want to do things that matter. So like I said, in those early days, my kids would get out, they would drive off, and I would wonder, I would wonder myself, what am I going to do today that matters? Because the truth is there are too many days that go by where we don't do anything that matters. And when I say that, our life always matters. God cares about all the things we do. But I feel like there's this this reality for most of us as Christians that we have to ask ourselves, am I really doing the things that God has called me to do, that he's put in front of me to do? Because in fact, the danger is not that we will become bad people who don't care about things that matter. That's not the danger for most Christians. The danger is that we'll become good people who don't actually do anything that matters. And throughout my life, I've had these moments when I wake up and I smell like a huge bag of normalcy in my life. And I, and, I, and I think in those moments, like, hold up. What am I doing with my life? Am I just going through the motions? Am I just clicking off days like I have an endless number of days to waste? It says in Psalm 102, verse 3, For my days vanish like smoke. Poof. Right? Right? James says, my days, our life is but a vapor, poof. It just, it goes so fast, meaning every day comes and goes so quickly. So we wake up to these calls of urgency in our life and they're important because these wake-up calls cause us to consider, what am I really doing with my life? Who am I really becoming? Do I like who I'm I'm becoming? And and am I giving myself and the things that I am becoming and the things that I'm doing, is that what I wanna give my short life to? One of the most important conversations Christy and I ever had is when we were in the middle of these wake up and smell the normalcy moments, and, and Christy said to me, you know, I'm tired of talking about the life that we ought to be living. We need to get off our butts and go after it. Only, guys, she did not say butts. I'm kidding. That's totally what she said, because... The word B-U-T-T is like a cuss word for my wife, Christy, right? Like (laughs) she's like TV ma, that's bad. You know what I mean? (laughs) TV ma, you got it. Uh, This, this value, (laughs) this value of doing things that matter is all about the moments when God's spirit works in us, inviting us to deeper than normal to be willing to scale the walls of normalcy to break free of the sea of sameness and to embrace a life with Jesus that is countercultural and that is different from the status quo. This is really really important to think about our faith in such a way that doing things that matter is ultimately about life it's about it's about your life and the life At its most basic form, we have to remember, is on a clock that it's ticking. None of us like to talk about that reality, but it's true, right? Life, like David said, his days vanish like smoke. So maybe we should say it this way today. Life as a follower of Jesus was never designed to be easily lived. And that's the truth. I mean, we like to patty cake it up, and we like to think that God is only about making us happy... But Jesus described life in a little bit of a different way. God cares about our happiness. God will give us joy, but he describes it in a different way. Matthew 7, 13 and 14, one of my favorite passages. Uh, It says this, this is the message version. It says, don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. Say, don't fall, for that. don't fall for that. Even though crowds, crowds of people do. The weight of life. The way to life, everyone say the way to life. The way to life, way to, life to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. So Jesus was saying in Matthew 7. Hey, if you want to be on the road that leads to life, you must pay attention. You must be focused. You're gonna have to sacrifice. You're gonna have, you're gonna have to go all in. But he promises it's the way that leads to life, right? You know, the NIV version of the Bible, that particular passage describes it like this. He says that there is a broad way and a narrow way. The narrow way leads to life. The broad way leads to a place called destruction. And when he says destruction, he means eternal separation from God. And in the biblical terms, real simple terms, destruction means hell. He says, no, 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 there is another way. There's a narrow way to God though. So let me ask you, put this question on the screen. Are you choosing the path to life, to God? Are you choosing that path, or is life simply choosing you? Meaning whatever life brings is your reality. I really believe most people react to life more than they create life. So they fill their days reacting to what everybody else and whatever the world brings to them versus pushing ahead and saying, no, no, I'm going to do something today. That matters. And I wonder if only a few people find that narrow path in life because most people aren't really looking for it. Most people find being on the broad road with the rest of the crowd as an easier way to live. The scriptures even say that many of the religious and many of the spiritual people, which means many in the church, are totally fine with being on the broad road. But we have to remember that road leads to destruction. You know, one of, the most, one of the most annoying things that I do to Christy is answering any question she asks me with the answer, eh, I don't care, whatever. Hey, Tim, what do you want for dinner? Eh, I don't care, whatever. Husbands, you know what I'm talking about? Hey, Tim, what do you want to do this weekend? Eh, I don't care, whatever you want to do. Hey, Tim, what should I wear? Eh, I don't care because everything looks great on you, honey bunch. You're the best. (laughs) We need to care about life, don't we? We need to care about the life that Jesus was talking about in Matthew 7. We need to care about the things that matter. We need to get off our B-U-T-T's and go after it but I'm not sure if we always do we might in our heads and in our hopes but I don't know if we do in our life the easy road is just right there and it's so accessible and so tempting and so easy Which brings us to uh, the moment that the disciple Peter met Jesus. At the time, in this story that we're going to read, Peter was still known as Simon. He was a fisherman. And Jesus invited him to do something. He invited him to do something. Everyone say, "Do do something. This is what he invites him to do. Luke 5, verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And it says this in verse two, it says, he saw, everyone say God sees, God sees sees you right where you are. Always, he sees you whatever you're facing and he sees Peter in this moment. He saw at the water's edge, two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon and he asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, master, we've worked hard all night and we have caught nothing. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Okay, a few things. First of all, it says that Simon has already Stopped fishing, right? He's already got out of the boat and he's washing his nets, which means he's done. He's finished fishing. He's not going to do it anymore. He's giving up. He hadn't caught anything. And so Some commentaries suggest that this would have been sort of taboo. This would have been not okay because fishermen weren't supposed to stop before they caught something. They had had to stay out there until they caught something. But Peter was stopping early. He wasn't supposed to come home empty handed, but he was done. He was quitting for the day. He had empty nets. He had an empty boat and he was frustrated, right? I don't know if you've ever been in a place like that where you can relate with Simon. Anybody with me? where you're like, man, that day did not go like I wanted it to go. And Jesus comes along and he steps into the very thing that was Simon's frustration. He steps into Simon's boat. Simon stepped out of the boat. Jesus stepped into the boat. The very thing that Simon got out of that he was frustrated about, that he was a source of sweat, that was a source of frustration, that he was disappointed in the very thing that Simon got out of, Jesus got into and he used that same space as a source of encouragement to all the crowds that were listening. Yeah. God will do this, won't he? He will take the exact thing that you've been frustrated about and, he'll, and maybe the thing that you've been unable to control in your life. And he'll turn it around and use it as a message. It's the old cliche, he'll take your mess and make it into a message. This is what Jesus does here. And then the moment comes when Jesus turns to Simon and he asks him to do something. Simon Peter, this is basically what happens. What are you going to do today that matters, right? Verse four again, we'll put this on the screen. And, And here's a picture this is behind In the background is a picture of a scene depicted from the, from the film series The Chosen. Anybody seen this? If you haven't seen The Chosen, it's really good. You should look it up and watch it. And this is the episode that talks about the scene that we're reading. It's so good. So if you're going to binge watch, might as well binge watch Jesus, right? Here we go. Um, Luke 4, verse 4. Put out into the deep water. So this is what Peter was asked to do, right? He was put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And they signaled their partners to the other boat to come to them and help them. And he said, Yo, James, yo, John, get your butts over here. <laughs> and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Now we've heard this story, but this story is so Jesus, right? It is like so Jesus. Jesus often does this, he supplies abundance in our absence. Peter has nothing and Jesus says, how about I give you everything? There's a lot happening in this story, but the thing that I feel like today that we need to look at, one of the most significant things is Jesus told Peter to do something that was an unusual thing to do, something that typically you wouldn't do if you were a fisherman. Because in the Sea of Galilee, the fishermen were taught to do a couple things. One, they were taught to fish in the shallow water. That's where the fish were. So the fishermen would usually fish in the shallow water, and they were told to fish at night. That's when you catch fish. But the people that he had taught, he had been teaching them. It was already noon when Jesus got t- done teaching them. Then Jesus told Simon to pull out into the deep waters at the peak of the day. He told Simon to, to go and drop his net in the waters where the fish are not supposed to be at the time of day that the fish are not supposed to be able to be caught in. And this is what he tells Simon to do. And Simon could have stuck to normal, couldn't he? He could have just looked at Jesus and said... Jesus, no disrespect, but you're a carpenter. You know what I mean? Like you're a carpenter. You don't know nothing about nothing about fishing. So you do you and let me do me. And you should make a table and leave. (laughs) Right? That's what he could have said to Jesus. But Jesus asked him to do something different. You ever feel like Jesus wants you to do something different? Like he doesn't want you to follow the crowd? Like he doesn't want you to look just like everyone else? Perhaps he wants you to be different, to go deeper with people, deeper intentionality, deeper passion, deeper purpose, no more shallows. You see, the truth About culture is that we are pressured to stay in the shallows people are afraid to go deep and live with a deeper purpose we look at those people and we think I don't know if I could do that however inside each of us I believe there's a heart that does long for the deep it's like in Matthew 7 The world looks for the broad road, the way that's easier, the way that's more shallow, we could say. But there is a deeper way, a more narrow path to life and to God. And this is the path that Jesus calls us to take. It's the deeper way of life. It's more narrow, which by the way, narrow doesn't necessarily mean strict or hard, although it might be at times. It's actually just more specific. Narrow versus broad. Broad is unspecific. Do whatever you want. Narrow is specific. The way to life to God is specific. So many people think this means, oh man, this is going to be the hardest life ever. Or if you look at it more as the specific, it's going to be the most clear path ever. And so for so many of us who are trying to figure life out, On the broad road we find ourselves bumping the you know the sides of that road just going back and forth tossed back and forth is what it says in Ephesians by the waves of the world yet Jesus says I have a narrow way which our mindset says oh man that's gonna be so much harder or it could just be more clear He tells us to do things, though, that are different. Do things that are not the norm. Just like he told Simon to drop his nets into deep water, he will tell us to do things that don't make sense to the world around us, that don't make sense even maybe to ourselves. But a life of doing things that matter is always deeper than... It's, it's different, and it's deeper than spending my time doing the same thing that pretty much everyone else does. And isn't this the elephant in the room about Christianity. We don't look or act all that different. We spend our money the same way, we spend our time the same way, maybe not 100% the same way. Maybe there's little things that we do. Maybe some of you are saying, well, no, 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 I've really, I I mean, I get it. Some of us have, we're, we're all in different places in our journey and some of these things we've already figured out. But by and large, Christianity today it's hard to tell who's a Christian and who's not. Yet Jesus calls us to a different type of people doing all sorts of different things. Now, the, the truth is is we're all humans with Jesus or without Jesus. We're all humans, therefore we all share in our humanity. There, there's going to be a lot of similarities in our struggles and our pains and the things that we experience. We're all humans. We're all connected. But according to the example of Jesus and the way he lived... Christians should be the most loving people in the neighborhood. They should be the best servants at the place of work. They should be the most encouraging people in the family. They should be the most patient parents people know. Now, I say all that not because we're supposed to be perfect, not because we're better than other people or that any, or that we're better than anyone for that matter. In fact, it's, it's quite the opposite. We're also not trying to earn some sort of Christian Puritan badge of honor by being do-gooders. That's not what this is about either. No, we should be that way because the grace of Jesus has come into us so deeply that it's actually transformed who we are to where we are no longer our own, but we are identified by Christ in us, and that is what comes out of us, and therefore we look different because we realize we're actually powerless without God, and therefore... Our life can't do anything without Jesus. Therefore, yeah, it just comes out looking different, different than the world. So Simon catches all these fish, right? He's got this boat full of fish, two boats. And what happens? Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. You see, when you realize that you're in God's presence, which is what happened right here to Simon Peter, you do become, you do come face to face with your own unworthiness and your own sin. And it humbles you. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid for now from now on you will fish for people see Jesus was changing Simon's story right he's changing who Peter will become and then it says so they pulled their boats up on shore i want you to get this picture imagine these men pulling their boats up on shore and they left everything and followed him you see Jesus Jesus makes us what we're not He sees Simon, and he sees more than a fisherman. He sees James and John, and he sees more than fishermen. Jesus makes us what we're not. He makes us what we don't see in ourselves. He chooses us and sets us apart for a special work. He invites you and me into deeper ways of living, the ways that don't follow the broad path of life and the world, you see, we all, we all want to live a life that matters. We all want to do things that matter. We're just not sure if we want to give up the things that don't matter. Think about the things that we do. How many of them actually just steal life from us but we do them anyway? So what if we did less of the things that don't matter and more of the things that do matter? And I can give you a specific list today I can just give you this truth that inside each and every one of us if we have Jesus in us he's calling us and compelling us to go deeper to a better way of living about 10 years ago I had a friend he told me this statement that I've sort of adopted in my own life he said you only have one life to live and no one's responsible for it but you you only have one life to live, no one's responsible for it but you. It seems simple, but I've adopted this to, to, as a cry of my own urgency in life, my own, my own mortality, that, that life is short and I have to do something with it. Sure, we have eternity in heaven, but there is a purpose in this thing that we call life that is described as short. And we're responsible for that life. So Simon faces this moment, he has this amazing moment, and Jesus literally stepped into the boat of his life, the disappointment, the frustration that perhaps he was feeling, and he steps into that, and then he invites him to do something to go deeper with his life than the way he'd been living, to make more of his life, to trust him with his future. Do you think about this, what he said to Peter? He says, you will no longer fish for fish, have something better for you i want you to fish for people it's not all that profound until you realize like listen how many of us are just fishing for fish in life and when i say fishing for fish i don't mean like for a living or for our money but meaning i'm fishing for things that are less important jesus is inviting me to fish for things that are more important Jesus has stepped into our life and he's invited us to go deeper with him. He's inviting us into a life that scales the walls of normalcy for the sake of God's kingdom. He's inviting you to depart from the broad way of life, right? To let go of the things that don't matter. And he's inviting you into something better, into something deeper, into something more rich something that he says you know what i'm gonna let you let go of the things that are less important the things that don't matter and i want you to embrace the life that's more important and i want you to trust me in the process i want you to trust me that the things that you need in life that if you would quit focusing on what you need and you would just focus on me i'll actually give you more than you need jesus will always give us more so my friends i just gotta ask you today What are you going to do today that matters? And then what are you going to do tomorrow that matters? And the day after that? Jesus is inviting us into a better way to live. So this is why it's a value. Because if I can live this value, it's a better way to live. He calls us all into the deep and to drop everything and to follow him down the narrow path that leads to life. I want to pray for us today. And, and here's the thing: this is one of those moments where I'm just gonna, I'm just trusting the Lord is wanting to speak to you right now. That he wants to speak to your heart. And so if you have ears to hear, great. If you don't have ears to hear today, I'm praying that He He speaks through our inability to hear, and that everyone in the room just hear him encourage us today, call us today, show us today what it is he wants for us to do and who he wants for us to be. Would you bow your heads with me? Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. You're so good. You're so good. We just invite you to come right now and we invite you to speak. We have open hearts, open ears, open minds. Would you speak to us right now? Lord, we need you more than anything. Lord, this world is tough. Uh, This world has got so many things going on right now. And Lord, we just need you right now to lead us, to guide us, to show us the way, Father. Lord, we want to be people that do things that matter. We want to be people who, who are faithful, who are high faith. God can do anything. People, we want to be those kind of people. But Lord, would you help us? Because it's not always easy to be that person. Would you help us right now, Father? I wanna pray for anybody in the room that's just really feeling like, yeah, God's speaking to me and I want him to show me, I I need his help right now. I wanna be a person that does things that matter. Here's the deal, I'm gonna pray for you, but just as a way of responding to the Lord, I can barely even see you because of the lights. Would you just lift your hand and be like, I just need God's help today, I want him to help me, I wanna become a person, lift your hand up wherever you're at, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray, just lift it up, lift it up. I hope that everybody wants this in some way that everybody wants God to just lead us into a new place of understanding what's more important in our life. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's feeling Uh, just a response in their heart right now to what you're saying. I just pray for them that, Lord, you would show them exactly what it is that they need to hear from you today. Let them hear you in a way that gives, give give them an understanding of what the days ahead look like, what the calling ahead looks like. But Lord, more than anything, this isn't about some huge calling of a specific thing, but this is more about just the persons that we want to be, the people that we want to be. I pray over this church body, would we be known as a community who does things that matter for your kingdom. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.